Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Today's episode is brought to you by Deloitte Digital. Stay tuned after the podcast for insights on elevating the human experience. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Adweek Podcast, where we talk about marketing, media, technology, pop culture, because in the end, everything is an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm the creative and innovation editor here at Adweek. Uh, with me is our co-host, Kamiko McCoy, social editor at Adweek. Kamiko, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm great. It's been a few weeks since we had you back, so it's good to have you back on the show. It feels like the team's back together. Band's back in. I don't know how that saying goes. Ignore me. Heard <laughs> <laughs> messed it up. Band's back in. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got back Minda Smiley, a staff writer here at Adweek covering the agency's beat. Minda, it's always great to have you on. Thanks. And we've got back Doug Zanger, senior editor who covers agencies and creativity. Doug, good to have you back. Aloha. All right. Uh, we got some fun stuff to talk about. We're going to kind of do a temperature check as we really dive into looking at who are our agencies of the year. Uh, we haven't officially started those deliberations, so now it's kind of a good time before before we kind of look under the curtain. Under the curtain. Man, I'm mixing up metaphors too, Kamiko. Like look what I started. Famous looking under the curtain. Um but uh, before we go behind the curtain of the agency details, we all kind of wanted to just take a look at who are we thinking about? What do we? How do we feel about the agencies that we named last year as our agencies of the year? How'd they do this year? Uh, who's looking good? Who's looking surprisingly not good this year? Uh, and so we will be having that conversation. I'm also going to talk about some fun stuff that, uh, well, I'll say interesting stuff that Burger King's been doing lately. It's always fun to kind of catch up on them. And first, uh, Kamika wanted to tell us about a program we have launched here at Adweek uh, that has gotten a lot of interest and I think could have a real impact on people's kind of professional lives. Why don't you tell us about that, Kamika? Yeah, absolutely. For sure, for sure. Um, so this is an exciting uh, initiative. Um Typically, we have the conversation that younger in our career is more at the start that we need a mentor to kind of help us propel further, to look for somebody who's going to help you answer questions, career-related questions, and kind of like move you in the right direction. But it's not often that we think, you know, when you come down later in your career that you still need a mentor, someone who's still, you know, they've laid out the path and whatnot. So Adweek has launched an initiative that happened this week, um, a new executive mentor program to empower the next generation of diverse leaders. And we have more than 100 mentors, believe me, I counted them, 
from places like Adobe, Google, and Walmart, um, you know, these CMOs and like CEOs and chief diversity and inclusion leaders that are here to help people who are gunning for those positions and want to kind of be trailblazers like them. So I think pitches are open to become a mentee until October 18th. I would highly encourage everybody to apply. You know, um, like I said, it's not just younger in your career that you need a mentor. I think that's something that can that can help you for a long, long time. And how do they uh, sign up or learn more? So if you want to know more, go to adweek.com. Um, there is, we've sent out a push alert about it. There's on all of our social. Actually, if you go to our Twitter handle, it is at the top of our page. Facebook, it's pinned to the top. Um, LinkedIn. So go to our socials. First thing you'll see is how to apply to the program. I like how the social editors just like, if you want to find stuff, you should go to our social channels and like and subscribe. Like and subscribe, please. <laughs> she is always on, always on. <laughs> uh, the uh, yeah, it's a great. Uh, Kamiko, did you have a mentor? I've had. You know what's crazy? I had several mentors actually, um, and a lot of them were my peers. I don't know if you guys know Yvonne Orgy from Insecure. I went to a kind of a TED talk with her and a couple other speakers maybe at Afropunk last year in Atlanta. And one of the things she said is oftentimes people will ask her and Issa, um, how do I find a mentor? How do I find, like, connect with somebody who's kind of above my level? And she said, sometimes the best mentor you'll find is the person who's sitting right in front of you, reach across, you know, instead of trying to go up. And so that's probably some of the best mentorship advice I've gotten. Um, And some of the best mentors I've had are people actually that I work with, kind of looking over my shoulder, collaborating and kind of putting me in place to, to, for career shifts and whatnot. What about y'all? Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I feel like, um, everyone, you know, everyone kind of, kind of is coming at their career from a different perspective. So even if they're younger or your age, they probably still have something to offer. Um, you know, cause we always think of mentors as maybe being older and more experienced, but, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to learn from anyone really. Truly. <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I had a mentor. I was very lucky to meet my mentor in college while he was a graduate student. He was he was older. He was probably in his 50s, um, and he had come back to school to get a graduate degree. And we met uh, when I was working at a summer summer job at a research, like basically like a think tank associated with the university. Um, and then we just kind of stayed in contact. And it, it was great to know him early in my career, but where it really paid off was uh, having him. And I ended up working for him in my first real management job. And I think I think that's where you really need mentorship. It's like it's all fun and games until you're a, a manager. And then suddenly, like everything, you're no longer kind of like running on your own. Uh, talent and abilities anymore. You know what I mean? Like you're you're suddenly having to. You can't just be great at your job and just come to work every day and do it. You have to suddenly be able to work with other people and work with a lot of different people. And he was such a such a huge uh, influence on my life uh, around then. And uh, and you know I, I named my son after him. He he unfortunately passed away. Uh, he passed away before my kids were born. Uh, so you know it was nice to be able to honor him. He didn't have any kids. Um, but you know it's just. You never know. It's that's one of those relationships where we just kind of started as like-minded people working together, um, and I, I really enjoyed learning from him. But it was <laughs> it wasn't really so much a formal thing at first as just like this is someone whose opinion I really value and I really want to keep up with. And ended up getting me my first management job, and you know having another big impacts. But yeah, it's uh, you know it's a huge thing, and I and I think uh, to the point of parallel mentorship or whatever you want to call it, like you know finding people you work with who really inspire you and who are maybe good at things you're not good at. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and like maybe you're good at things they're not good at. I think that that's a really undervalued aspect of, of mentorship. 
Not to not to embarrass you, Griner, but you do that you do that with me every day. So I appreciate that. So call this public thanks. No, that's. I I mean I'll I'll say this like Zanger. Uh, I've said this a lot. Um, you know is is for for you know you're you're not a young man. Neither of us are very young. <laughs> no, um, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know. I, I think you're, you're young at heart in that sense that you're receptive to feedback. And that's something right. that really doesn't, to, to Kamiko's point about kind of being open to mentorship at different ages and just not even really thinking about age. Like, I really enjoy working with people, uh, including each of you, uh, who are receptive, you know, and just have, you know, kind of don't let our own egos or talents or experiences get in the way of just kind of recognizing that everyone we work with really brings something that we may not we may not have. Uh, and so, yeah, it's like, we're lucky uh, to have that kind of dynamic uh, and have a large team that we can kind of look for those folks to fill the gaps in our professional careers, but not everybody has no. that. So I really love that we have a, a program like this to help connect folks. So yeah, check out, uh, go to, you know, twitter.com slash adweek or Facebook slash adweek and uh, just check for the pinned post at the top to learn about that mentorship program. Kamiko, thanks so much for letting us know about it. Not a problem. Thanks for leading us into that very tender, warm, fuzzy moment. I loved it. Yeah. Nice to witness. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's burn all that goodwill to the ground and talk about some some good old fashioned consumerism. All right. So Burger King. I don't know if you guys have heard of this place. It's a chain. That I've sells, heard um, vaguely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Burgers. They. Um, but they. You know. So I think everyone generally acknowledges they are kind of the leader in creativity. They've won pretty much every creative marketer of the year award you can win, including, uh, I think this past can lions was the first year they gave the, what do they call it? Creative marketer of the year or client of the year or something. Anyway, Burger King won that they won it at the, they won the same award at the Clio's. Uh, so generally kicking ass across the board. They, you know, lately they've had a few interesting things coming out of their international offices and, and our readers have certainly, uh, kind of, in, I don't know if I could say enjoyed it always, but have really been engaged with it. So I just kind of want to talk about a few of those. Uh, one was the, I, th- I think they called it uh, Only for Mexicans. And it, so it was out of Burger King, Mexico, and the agency We Believers uh, that works with them down there. And it, it was basically they took... Uh, they took footage of American tourists uh, in Cancun and which like American tourists in Cancun is such a very specific thing. It's not like that's very different from American tourists in, you know, uh, Mexico City or something. Uh, and they took footage of them trying this. Uh, I, I think it's like a mango habanero burger. And they're just like sweating and cursing and like throwing it away. <laughs> And so talking about how it's inedible and then it shows the locals are just sitting there eating it quietly and kind of making fun of the Americans. It's all real footage. It's not, they assure me it's none of it was staged and that it was all real. Um, but, uh, even before we wrote about this, I just had a feeling I was like, oh man, this is going to get certain people upset. It's only running in Mexico. Um, so it's not like this is a U.S. ad campaign. Uh, but this idea that like, you know, it, it literally says like, you know, these silly gringos can't handle this burger. And uh, and they defended it and said, you know, we just think it's a funny insight and that, you know, hopefully people will take it as a tongue-in-cheek thing. Uh, this is, you know, we're an American brand, so we're kind of making fun of ourselves. 
but then, of course, as soon as it was posted, a lot of people were like, well, what if what if you reverse the roles? And if this were a U.S. campaign saying it's only for Americans and Mexicans can't handle, you know what I mean? It's hello, Minda Kamiko. Do you, do you that? That's an argument we hear a lot is what if you reverse the roles? And sometimes it's more valid than others. But what did you guys think of this one? I think when you add context to it, like it was uh, something that came from Mexico, um, it kind of like lightens it up a little yeah, bit. You I, know? I agree. Like if this is the same thing, if the same spot were to like run in the U.S., I feel like all of us would be like, oh, yikes. Wow. They went there. <laughs> yeah. Fox News. Right. Fox yeah. News a day. <laughs> like we need Hannity on this one. <laughs> It'd be a collective a clutching of the pearls across the nation, truly. Um, but I think when you add perspective to it, that it came from Mexico and it's kind of a play on themselves, um, that it just, like I said, lightens it up a little bit. Yeah, so they can kind of own that. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, personally, I feel that um, my family is West Indian and they are very much into hot foods. And you can always spot the American, me and my sister. <laughs> Who will not touch it? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> we already know fried chicken is my MO. I love hot food. Yes. I would eat, I would eat that burger easily. No problem. So the other the other Burger King uh, campaign I wanted to talk about, which I think everyone can kind of get behind, uh, is from Finland, uh, from an agency called Super Sun uh, that works with them out of Helsinki. Oh, yeah. And uh, basically, I, I did not know this about Finns, uh, but apparently they just hate small talk. They're they're very introverted, uh, and they and there's in the case study for this one they even show like Finns waiting for a bus like at a bus stop and none of them are within four feet of each other, so like there's a bus stop there and the and the line of people is spread out like a half a block because no one will stand within four feet of each other, <laughs> and so they basically just say like we here in Finland do not like talking especially to strangers. And they, there's a uh, there's footage of Nicole Kidman like greeting this Finnish racing team and they all just stare into the distance and don't even make eye contact with her. <laughs> and so they they created, they said that the, the drive-through is a very American invention and that it goes against this, this Finnish uh, disposition uh, against talking to strangers. And so they created a silent drive-through and what it really is, is a promotion for their app. As we all know, Burger King has really been pushing its app. Uh, of course, uh, Whopper Detour being the most famous one in America. Uh, in um, in Mexico, the agency we just talked about, We Believers, did a really big one called Traffic Jam Whopper, uh, where they use the mobile app to let people order uh, Whoppers while they're stuck in traffic. So Burger King's really pushing its agencies to find creative ways to get people downloading these these apps and using them. And it worked here. Uh, so basically what the silent drive-thru is, is you you pull up to a parking space, you order from the app, uh, and then they just bring it out to you and hand it to you, and they don't say a word. <laughs> it's just, And the case study is hilarious because the employee just gives this guy like a dead stare <laughs> like while she's handing him the burger. I think I prefer that to be honest yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so i was gonna say kamiko you strike me as the kind of person who while you are a wonderful and social person i feel like you could appreciate just some good zero human contact uh experiences oh yeah for sure for sure i don't know if you guys ever heard it's like this like this wall that happens like you'll be social for like a good like 30 minutes straight and it's like you hit a brick wall and it's like oh god i'm talking to people and i'd like it to stop yeah you know i feel oh, like as yeah. soon as that hits 
and I'm hungry or hangry, this mm-hmm. seems like the perfect opportunity to be like, please don't talk to me. Just give me my food. Don't judge me for how much I've ordered. Yes, I got three things of fries. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't make eye contact with me. Just give me my fast food so I can go. Uh, Minda, what's your take on this idea? Yeah, no, I think it's a good idea. Um yeah, I, I see. I see. I see what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, it's it goes against all these like popular ideas yeah. within food service, right? Of it's all about customer service and customer experience. We just want to Chick Fil A the crap out of everything and and smile at everybody and be their best friend. And I'm like, sometimes I just want you to sell me stuff. Like I don't like the trend of everything well, turning too, yeah. into giant ordering machines no, I where like I don't because what if somebody messes no humans up my order? involved? You know, oh. like where you walk into a McDonald's now and it's... Oh, I love that. I love that at McDonald's. Damn. Oh, that's the best. Oh, yeah. I, I liked it. I liked it in Europe. You know what I mean? When when you're in a country where you don't necessarily speak the language and it's nice to be able to just like hit a button at the beginning. It's like, <laughs> I speak this. Um, and that was the first place I saw it. And then it started catching on in America. And then Kamiko, especially, I think, can appreciate where, where I really want to see this. Check out. Brought. This idea. Oh, Super God. God. Public, gro- no, yes. public grocery stores. Oh, I can't even, don't even get me started on this. Please, for the love of God. Just, I don't know, but I feel like the best part of Publix is like how sweet everybody is and like the environment. It's like walking into Tiffany's if I was Holly Golightly. It's just such a pleasant, <laughs> pleasant place. I mean, you're not wrong, but it's just one of those where like, I do like that they're so sweet, but I get stopped every oh, five man. feet at Publix. I and- love it. Is that a now, new public? I didn't know they were known amazing. to be friendly. Like they friendly. are. Customer service is oh, wow. a thing. Now, where I would like to have these giant billboards where I don't have to talk to people is Kroger. That's where I don't want to have to oh, talk to so people. Oh, so you at. don't want no. – okay. <laughs> so there's a difference. No, because you ask them if they get an attitude about it, you know, uh-huh. kind of like Popeye's. Yeah. No, the thing out here is that everybody is gives he, the how's yeah. your day going out here. And there's something in the social code here where that's like – that's the thing. But uh, – they just need to pick up on the fact that if if I'm looking stressed or like what wh- you know moving my feet in place and clearly it's you know it's very obvious that I just kind of want beep 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 here's your money uh yeah they, get this for the grocery maybe that'll be a thing I don't know if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago when I told you guys I came back from ONA and that was one of the things that they mentioned about Walmart um, about you having your hand on oh, the do you remember yeah, this having yeah. your hand on the buggy and Walmart will use AI to be able to detect how you're feeling mm-hmm. you know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a collaboration. If it's a bad idea, you didn't hear it from me. If it's a good one, I patent it and I want my money. Yeah, I just, uh, I think you're right. It's all about reading, reading the person. And the 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 ones that crack me up, though, are when you get like a, a bagger who's kind of new. And so they're making small talk with you, but they're saying things that are like questionably appropriate. And then it's always what cracks me up is always the the like cashier who's usually more veteran like turns to them and gives them this subtle like no head shake. <laughs> I can't say I've ever experienced this. <laughs> oh, I think I think it helps to be in the South where just like they Maybe. just feel they feel like required to talk and they'll be like, So do you have kids? What what are your kids' names? And then the cashier too much. What's your address specifically? What's your address? <laughs> yeah, like, we, we literally had one the other day telling my wife, like, you shouldn't wow, buy this at the store. Really you should well. just come yeah, by my so house because I grow well. these in my <laughs> anyway. yard. Wait, what? Yeah, dead serious. And she was like, too far, too far. Um, let's see if the Finns end up helping uh, inspire some American. Because, I mean, again, I think in America, <laughs> that would normally just mean we'll use technology. But I just like how this is just a cultural thing of like, no, we like human interaction as long as no one says a word. 
and then that's that's fine. All right, uh, let's uh, let's take a little break, and then we'll come back, and we will be talking about who's looking good agency wise this year, maybe who could be looking better, and how our last picks for agency of the year shook out. Today's episode is brought to you by Deloitte Digital. Stay tuned as Amelia Dunlop, Head of Customer Strategy and Applied Design, Deloitte Digital, shares how to get to the heart of what matters to humans and how brands can understand their human experience journey. So while we're still in the process of picking our agencies of this year, let's talk about our agencies of the year from last year. We'll do a quick recap. Um, I think on the list we had Wyden and Kennedy, TDWA, Giant Spoon, who I think was our breakout, and Rosa Park. Um, so let's talk about like why we picked them, um, highlights and whatnot. Zang, I'm going to go ahead and kick it to you since you're our, our, our resident expert. Oh, okay. Give me the small job. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Griner can sidecar on this one as well. So we'll start with U.S. Agency of the Year. Um, Widen and Kennedy. Um, so of course they had Dilly Dilly. That was still a big thing last year. Haven't seen much of it of late. Uh, but one of the things that definitely took it over the top for them last year was the Colin Kaepernick uh, ad for Nike, and then subsequent work that that spawned out, uh, spawned out of that as well. Uh, our global agency of the year was TBWA, and. You know, a lot of it is based on Apple, but there were a lot of interesting things happening uh, happening within that network. Uh, they had some big wins, including Hilton. They had uh, uh, Peak Games, Celebrity Cruises, McDonald's, McCafe. Um, so they, they had some good wins. So I think when we look at Agency of the Year, it's not necessarily just the work, but it certainly is the performance of the agency as well and other intangibles that are not necessarily intangibles, but uh, other aspects that uh, take them over the top. Breakthrough was Giant Spoon. Um, that was the year of the activation for them. Uh, their South by Southwest, uh, their Westworld activation was just something that we've never seen before. Uh, and it was it was truly outstanding. They also had some, some pretty big wins themselves. And then Rosa Park, uh, w- they just did some really funky, cool, weird uh, just stuff that w- when it landed in your inbox, uh, you just knew that it was going to be something a little off the wall and they, they definitely, they definitely stood out, uh, in a number of ways. Um, their, their big thing was the worst song in the world for the French retailer Monoprix. And, uh, they did some great work for Skoda as well. Uh, but that's, that's what it looked like last year. Yeah. And, and with TBWA, global is always an interesting one, um, because, you know, in America, we don't always necessarily, you know, we don't see a lot of this work. Uh, with TBWA, right. what I really appreciate, they had not been our global agency of the year in 10 years. And right after we named them that 10 years ago, they just fell apart. Um, and it was just bad leadership. You know, they had a, a really questionable CEO I- at the time. And even after he left, they just, it just created, they lost, it's amazing to think how much talent TBWA lost to like they had, right. uh, you know, Colleen DeCourcy and they had uh, Craig, Craig Allen, Allen right. and um, also, I mean, Jerry Graf. Uh, I mean, they had like this basically dream team of creative talent. They lost them all uh, except maybe uh, Rob Schwartz. And, uh, and so you know, it took it took a while for them to rebuild, and I think it was a real testament to uh, Troy Ruhannon, their CEO, uh, who has kind of been rebuilding TBWA very slowly to be something other than, you know, the parent company of the Apple agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they have Lucky Generals. You know, Lucky Generals obviously has become one of the biggest home run hitters. Uh, you know, they're based out of London, but their their work has been in the Super Bowl the last few years uh, for Amazon, and so you know, it was it was 
that was a great case of a, of a network where pretty much across the board was just doing really stellar stuff out of Helsinki, uh, out of Paris, uh, out of, you know, across Asia. And so uh, that's, that set the bar, I think, for what we're going to be looking for this year, because it had been a while since I think we saw a global agency really doing that well. And of course, Wyden and Kennedy was following up a year where they were our global agency of the year, uh, the year prior. But then it was really in the U.S. where they shined last year uh, with the Kaepernick work, just all around some stellar work for Nike. Uh, and, you know, of course, across uh, KFC and Old Spice, they continued to do great for those. But really, it was the New York office that has been their you know, big growth engine for them, for clients, for creativity. I would say they've reached a point where the New York office is as good as the yep. legendary Portland office, uh, which is saying something. So that uh, was a strong, strong year for them. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say Wyden and Kennedy really, really cleaned up, um, especially with the Nike partnership, like you were saying, Greiner. Um, and I'm curious um, for this year, what do you guys think is some of the best work that they've done? Or actually out of all the ones that we've kind of talked about that we've looked at, who would you say is kind of the strongest? Who's coming out the gate swinging? I mean, I would say it was pretty cool to see Giant Spoon kind of come back to South by this year and do another really um, huge activation with Game of Thrones. And they en ended up kind of tying it into um, a nonprofit partnership with, um, I think it was American Red Cross. So, um, and they were kind of encouraging people to give blood, you know, bleed for the throne, I think was the the, the sort of uh, rally cry. And so, um, yeah, it was kind of cool to see after naming them breakout last year, you know, based off a big activation they had done, you know, they came back and did something really cool this year. So, yeah. And I think FCB also gets a, a pretty good shout out, especially with their, the way that they dominated can last year with, or this year with mm, the uh, yeah. Whopper Detour and its Chicago gun violence work as well. Yeah, yeah, it takes time. FCB certainly, yeah. both internationally and nationally this year, like U.S. and globally, uh, just kind of went from being a network that was never, I mean, not to say never, has not been part of this discussion in several years. Uh, and when they hired Susan Cradle several years ago, who's considered one of the best creative leaders in the business, uh, you know, I think a lot of people expected great things from them. And they have done some good work over the years. Uh, but it just took a while. I mean, that's understandable. It took a few years for Susan to build uh, a, you know, to build a creative team on this level. Uh, they obviously just restructured a lot of their leadership, their executive leadership, uh, especially around Chicago, which has always been one of their strongest offices. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to digging into uh, kind of what, how FCB's full year went as we get into the agency of the year. Uh, because yeah, just went from, I can't think of another agency that went from barely even being on the radar of these discussions to being, you know, one of the top agencies in the world. Well, to your point, David, it does take time, you know, and, and having conversations with Anselm Ramos at Gut, for example, um, you know, it takes time. It, it's not like a, a creative leader where leadership goes into a place and then instantly it's all of a sudden things just change dramatically. I mean, there are just, there's so many different pieces behind this. And then you start seeing agencies build momentum and then that starts building the foundation and then that foundation gets stronger. And so you look at a widening Kennedy, for example, I mean, that you know, like any agency, they have up and down years, but they've built such a strong foundation for such a long time that they, they can build off of that. So yeah, it, it is interesting to see uh, some of these agencies that maybe have had some shifts or some changes, um, you know, start to get some of that momentum back. Well, and, and I'd be curious, Mindy, you may have thoughts on this too. Like, I feel like with Wyden last year, it was this everyone was talking about them, right? They had a strong business year. They won Ford. You know, there was, <laughs> they, they had certainly a business case to be made, but a lot of it was just no one was doing better work than them. 
Um, this year, I actually feel like they have maybe a better business argument, like winning, you know, winning McDonald's while you already have KFC is that's a coup on a level I've barely ever seen in advertising. Yeah, I think that I think a lot of people um, are, re- are are really looking forward to kind of seeing what what they do with McDonald's, um, which you know I think is interesting in itself because I don't think there's often many cases where people genuinely look forward to seeing what an agency will do for a brand. But I think when you put wide into McDonald's <laughs> together, it's kind of like well. <laughs> like it should be, it, it should be interesting. Yeah. And the, you know, they're also doing a lot of global work for Facebook. I have a feeling that'll come up uh, when we really go through their materials, especially for global, um, because I don't, I don't think we necessarily always see that work. Um, like their Instagram work uh, that they largely won on two years ago, um, you know, it's really some of their best work in years. Uh, that was, I believe, out of their Amsterdam office and a lot of that ran globally. Uh, so they're, you know, Widen is one where it's a very different, uh, story than last year, but they've still been, I mean, they're winning, you know, they're in the top three of pretty much every awards thing, but a lot of that is from work from last year. Uh, and so, you know, we, we'll go to see, uh, any other agencies, Minda or Doug, that, that you're kind of keeping an eye on this year that you think have, have hmm. had a really strong year? I, yeah. I mean, BBDO is always in the mix, you know, they're always in the mix. I mean, there, there's, that's always, that's always a good one, uh, to look at. Um, you know, one that maybe we don't necessarily talk about is is Work and Co. Um, they, you know, they they quietly do very very good work um, that doesn't necessarily get a ton of coverage, but they're they're an interesting agency and they've they've been building very quietly um, for for a very long time. Um, but yeah, you know those you know, those stand out. Um, yeah. And I, and I think it is just really good to see some of the agencies that are in the mix, uh, and who have been in the mix in the past, how it's different from year to year. And I think that's really intriguing is that every year it's something that's completely different and there's always something that ends up surprising us. And it turns out to be a really good discussion. Um, when we see those things, when we're deliberating. So we've talked about some of the stronger agencies that we've seen, some that I've said are coming out of the gate swinging. Um, but let's talk about the ones that are not doing um, so hot. I tried for another broadcast interview. <laughs> it's not working. I'm off my game today. <laughs> no, it's no, you're doing that fine. Was no, it's great. I like that. So let's talk about the ones that are struggling. Um, you know, to note, there has not been a ton of work or um, big wins coming from BBDO New York until the recent Sandy Hook or Thinks campaign that they did. Um, DDB lost McDonald's. CBB has been practically off the radar all year. What are you guys' thoughts around around those that are need a little a little sh- shift of gears? Yeah, on DDB, I think that's an interesting one. They started the year strong with the Broadway, the Rainbow for Skittles. Uh, you know, they always uh, they typically have a really strong Super Bowl or Super Bowl adjacent uh, campaign out of uh, their Chicago office. And for Skittles, uh, last year was the exclusive the Rainbow where they made an ad that was only seen by one person. Um, and they continue to make some some really great stuff, uh, but they've certainly had a, a, a pretty brutal year on the business front. I mean, losing McDonald's when you have literally created an entire agency solely to service McDonald's. Um, that now, I mean, it was it was no longer. Um, it's we are unlimited as the agency. It was no longer specific to uh, McDonald's when they lost the account, but I mean that's a hell of a hit for them. 
Yeah, and I think I think when you start getting some of those agency sub brands or some of the specialist agencies, that's I, I think that's one of those situations where it's all right. You get you gave it a shot, but I'm not sure necessarily that's what brands want or need. And maybe McDonald's is an isolated case. I don't know, um, but yeah, you're right. That's that's a pretty substantial hit, not just financially but perceptually as well. Yeah, I'd say one other, and maybe you guys have thoughts on this, just because. Um I always enjoy seeing their work, but I just feel like they they weren't on the radar in that big, bold way. Uh, this year was CPB, uh, you know, formerly Crispin Porter Bogusky. Uh, yeah. You know, they brought back Alex Bogusky. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that would kind of usher in a renewed uh, energy for them. I think part of the issue may be that Domino's is not doing really well right now. Oh, right. There, there's been quite a bit of coverage lately, and that, that was a pretty precipitous kind of drop-off that Domino's had just been tearing ass for for years and had been becoming the number one pizza uh, place. And they seem to be struggling a bit. Um, they, you know, CPB's still doing good work for, like, Hotels.com. I still enjoy that. Um, but it's not, you know, none of that's going to, like, win a Grand Prix or anything. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it's fun. It's cute. They did an ad with the poopery lady. <laughs> Like, like bringing Captain Obvious together with the poopery lady. It's <laughs> right. um, yeah, but it's just like, I still enjoy getting their stuff, but I just don't think you're even seeing uh, like Fruit of the Loom, you know, is one of their other big signature clients that they've always pressed to do really adventurous work. Uh, we haven't really seen that much either. Uh, so in terms of like, I guess, disappointments for me, that's one where I, I typically like kind of wading into CPB's stuff at the end of the year. And this is a year where it's like, eh. That's right. David, let me ask you this. So, I mean, how long has Alex Bogusky been back using air quotes? Has it been a couple of years, year and a half? What is it? Oh, I didn't think it was that long. Was it just a year? I, it feels like I forever. don't know, man. But we live in an era where like every month feels like five years. Right. So. Right. Truly. But, you know, I'm curious your thoughts on, you know, here's, here's an outsized personality in the advertising business. He comes back, um, you know, great at podcasting. But I'm curious your thoughts on, you know, where you think his impact can help that agency grow. Because, you know, again, you've got somebody who is deservedly in a lot of ways is lauded for the work that he helped lead. But it feels like that it's uh, it's a tool in the box that maybe not be not not be is isn't being used for the right way. If that may use the right way. Yeah. I, you know, when I came into advertising around 2005, like as a copywriter, no one would shut up about Alex Bogusky, right? <laughs> right. Um, right. And it, I mean, literally just every conversation with my boss, with my colleagues, like it didn't matter. It was all roads lead to Bogusky. Uh, and I didn't work at any, you know, I certainly didn't work at CPB. So, I mean, I think that just goes to show like he was really kind of driving the industry, especially with this idea that if you can't write a headline for a press release about your campaign, it's a shitty campaign. Um, and as someone who now writes about advertising, I appreciate that thought. I just feel like, you know, there's something to that kind of iconic creative leader we just don't see anymore. We don't see a lot of demand for, uh, you talk to, and Minda, you probably have thoughts on this, talking mm -hmm. to younger creatives, younger people coming in. And I mean, younger as in like under 35. Um, it just feels like there's not that level of hero worship. They really are just looking at ideas and at who's going to kind of like how creativity is evolving versus like worshiping at the altar of any one person. Yeah, I think I've definitely seen that. I think just the way agencies work is just becoming too, so different too. And obviously we've covered that a lot, but just, you know, 
the way agencies operate is less kind of about this one this one leader doing you know kind of leading the way, and it's more just a lot. Of, everything's more fragmented now, and I think it's maybe kind of harder to um to kind of even even get to that point in a sort of organic way. So yeah, I you know I think. The interesting thing is that we used to really have these conversations through the lens of of individual leaders, you know, of like you'd talk about BBDO in the same breath that you'd talk about a, you know, David Lubars or a Greg Hahn or something. And that's just, I don't know, it feels like it's not the case anymore, that it's just, you don't, you think of, you think of agencies as more of a, like you don't talk about Wyden and Kennedy as being Dan Wyden or something, or or even Colleen DeCourcy it's this kind of, but it has an identity to itself and, and each of these agencies do, but I think, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard thing to, it's a hard thing to pin in. I think, well, the hero worship is transferred from agencies over to the CMO now, because David, when you and I started in, in the business years ago, you didn't really hear about a, a chief marketing officer or a marketing VP. Um, now that's all you hear about. Yeah, I, I think they used to really be behind the scenes. And, and there was this kind of aversion, uh, other than at the very, very top level. Um, there was not this kind of public-facing aspect of the CMO. And yeah, I do feel like now they're the the keynote speakers. They're the the ones getting interviewed, you know? And that's as true for us as uh, maybe more so with us than, than, you know, a lot of places. Um, but, but it, you know, it's still, it feels like, when you look at someone like Fernando Machado, who, of course, you know, at Burger King as global CMO is probably the most cited, I feel like is accurate to say. Mark Pritchard, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Pritchard, both of them, it's mm -hmm. it's it's somewhat about them as individuals, but it's really more about the kind of marketing that they are encouraging and celebrating uh, and that they're trying to get their agencies to do more of. For Pritchard, that's, you know, responsibility, that's sustainability, that's diversity. Uh, for Machado, that's about big ideas that are going to cut through the clutter and actually get people's attention and get people talking, even if that sometimes upsets people or confuses people, <laughs> you know, that, mm -hmm. that so it's like, yeah, we all kind of see Machado everywhere, but I really think it's less about, man, what a smart guy than it is about what a what a good um, curator, I guess he is for agent. He's working with like 25 different agencies. That's dizzying. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> yeah. And that used to be not the deal, right? You would have like your one CMO working closely with one mega agency. And then now you've got people like him saying, Hey man, whoever's got a good idea, FCB, you know, that we just talked about FCB was not a Burger King agency. They approached Machado in person, said, we have this idea and it took a year to bring that idea to fruition, and it became a Whopper Detour and won every award in the industry. Uh, and it, he was just like, "Yeah, man, you got an idea, bring it to me. I'm not, I'm not locked in." You know, it's it's a a relatively polyamorous kind of situation they've got going. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So it's it's different times. Uh, but uh, that said, Minda, any other agencies? I feel like we didn't uh, give you a good chance to kind of weigh in. Any other shops you're looking at this year? I was going to say one more on the good side is 72 and Sunny. I feel like I've seen a lot of uh, pretty cool work from them lately. So Yeah, and, and out of New York specifically, right? Like they just Yeah, I mean that that um I think the new Tinder work they did was from their LA office, but um you know, really sort of innovative and different um and so I think they're, you know, they're one to keep an eye on too. And, and to your point, yeah, their New York office as well is kind of um kind of being more on the radar, I guess. Yeah, like yeah, Goodby too. We could argue for Goodby as well. Yeah, I think Goodby's making 
like better, more consistent stuff than they've made in years. I, I think Margaret Johnson has really, they are in the Margaret Johnson era rather than the Jeff Goodby yes. uh, era now, which is great. Uh, they've been trying to get there for years, uh, <laughs> trying to find like their next generation. Uh, and it's great to see that happen with Margaret. Um, with 72, I think you're dead on. I, I think they, they were our U.S. agency of the year uh, in maybe 2008. Um and so, you know, it's been a decade and then they kind of dropped off mm-hmm. uh, and became a bit more of a regional player. Uh, but, you know, last few years, they've been doing amazing work. They've been part of our agency of the year discussion for the last, you know, three years. Uh, and uh, this year, yeah, the the Tinder stuff, the uh, they just released a global campaign for Smirnoff, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which they've had since 2005. Uh, it's it's great. It's some of the best copywriting I've seen in a long time. A lot of that's Justine Armour. Uh, their ECD in New York is stellar, uh, but their LA office is still one of the best. Um, yeah, NFL. Yeah, they, they've yeah. got a big client in the NFL. Yeah, so that's a that's a good one. I feel like we're uh, and I feel bad if anyone's listening to this from another great agency. <laughs> There's so many others that uh, let, let's see if I can quickly kind of run down a few that uh, McCann. I mean, we have not really mentioned McCann. Uh, they're, they're kind of a workhorse agency that just every year, especially on the global level, they are always doing ass kicking stuff. And, uh, they, uh, they were our agency of the year two years ago for the U S when they did fearless girl this year, it's going to be Microsoft, right? Is the story of McCann They're Right. Um, they're changing the game campaign has dominated so many award shows. Uh, McCann has, has done extremely well, but globally they're, they're great. Um, so, I mean, I, I can't wait to really do it. There's, there's is one of those reels where I love catching up on the reel uh, when we get into the, especially the global conversation. Cause a lot of times I'm just like, man, what have they been doing Two that I will throw out as like, again, we're not part of this conversation three years ago, Publicis and Havas. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what's in the water in France, but France has become a global marketing, you know, advertising leader, creativity leader, uh, in the last few years, you've got Publicis as a holding company. Havas has been buying up agencies like crazy. Uh, they they own Buzzman now. They own BTC. Um, all of those agencies are producing stellar stuff. I think BTC had one of its best years ever. Oh yeah, their Lego uh, work and, was pretty pretty fun. They recently did. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, and Havas is yeah, it's like their U.S. work is great. Uh, Publicis has been doing some really fun stuff all around the world. Uh, you know, they're one that I think is often kind of off the radar. And so, yeah. And then, uh, and then BBDO, especially, I, I would say their New York office is, is kind of a late bloomer this year. Uh, as I think Kamiko mentioned, uh, you know, their, uh, Sandy Hook promise stuff against gun violence was, uh, was really good this year. It was probably the best they've had since their Evan spot that won a ton of awards. Um, they, also just did the thinks work where they did an ad imagining a world where men get periods. Uh, That was great. Uh, So it's just kind of nice to see BB New York has had a very quiet year. And so it was nice to see them kind of come back. That said, globally, I think BBDO continues to be awesome. AMV BBDO is on fire. Uh, Their London office. And um, yeah, man, there's, oh, and David, we should talk about David. Uh, So David was our breakthrough agency of the year, maybe two, three years ago. Um, this year they had three Super Bowl ads. Um, can anyone name the only other agency that had three Super Bowl ads this year? Could be. Could be, correct. Yeah, so David did the Burger King ad uh, with Andy Warhol, which was, you know, a, a polarizing spot. Um, 
but they also <laughs> you loved, I loved it. it. I you loved it, but it. I'm a I'm the kind of dork that they were aiming that, for. You like that high art. You love that high. I, I'm art. like right right in the crosshairs. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Too. Um, but they also did right. the Devour ad, uh, and they did the Budweiser, uh, the Wind ad with the dog. So, um, I mean, that's a hell of a showing. Uh, since then, they've also done the uh, Try Not to Hear This print and outdoor campaign for Coca Cola where it's just like showing close-ups of Coca-Cola and like telling you like you, you can hear this ad uh, that won a ton of awards. It's stellar. Uh, it's some of the best kind of visual work uh, that we've seen in a long time. They did the thing with the Heinz bottle designed after Ed Sheeran's tattoos. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um, and uh, so David's had a really interesting year. Now, of course, uh, uh, Zanger, you can remind us the the problem they've had has been talent retention. Ooh. Yeah, the, a bunch of people have gone from David Miami over to Gut and Selmo uh, Ramos and company. Uh, yeah, they've they've lost some people, but they've been refilling it, um, especially over in Madrid. So it's um, uh, Pancho Casis used to be at Mullen uh, Lola Mullen uh, Lola, Lola Mullen Mullen Low in Madrid. And uh, ever since he's joined David, it, it appears as though there is a shift of talent happening similarly in Spain. So that's something to keep an eye on for next year, for sure. Yeah, I would say Spain also the other big uh, creative powerhouse country. You know, it's always weird to speak in these kind of big sweeping which countries are. But, you know, some years it's like Argentina is everywhere and some years Brazil is everywhere. Right. This this year it's like Spain New Zealand, and, and right. uh, France. Um, and then, and yeah. then several others, but those are the two that I'm just like, man, just, it, and it's a cultural thing, right? I think like when you have a culture of creativity in your country, it feeds off itself and you just start to, when you see your country winning a ton of awards, you enter more awards and you get more visibility. I think it's a mm -hmm. chain reaction, but, um, well, we are, we are out of time, but, uh, thank you all so much. Kamiko, thanks as always for joining. Great to have you back. Happy to be back. Minda, thanks so much. And I look forward to, we're going to be diving into our official agency of the year, uh, deliberations, which is a long, uh, like <laughs> everyone rolls up their sleeves and just beats the crap out of each other for a solid two days. Looking forward to having you in there. As long as there's free pizza, I'm happy to be there. So, <laughs> oh Jesus, <laughs> that yep. setup. There is. There's always free food. I I know how to at least keep people somewhat uh, engaged. But no, it's a it's a fascinating process. Uh, this year, we're actually going to do a LinkedIn live stream. Kamiko, do you know about this? Has anyone? <laughs> we are. I had uh, heard rumors um, around the newsroom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not going to be. I better it's shave. It's not going to be the whole thing. We're not that suicidal uh, because there. It really is a very open discussion where we kind of let everything out on the table. Uh, but uh, we're going to do a LinkedIn Live video, kind of when we get all set up, and we're going to introduce the process and tell everybody about it. Uh, so you can make sure you're following us on LinkedIn. Uh, peek under the curtain. Peek under. All right. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, we will be back soon. Doug, thanks for joining. My pleasure. Our theme music is by Home. This week's episode was produced by Chris Ahrens with production assistance by Josh Rios and edited by Lane McGivney. Uh, if you have not already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show uh and don't forget you can always drop us an email podcast at adweek.com it's podcast at adweek.com let us know which agencies you've been looking at this year and we would love to to hear from you that's it for this week i'm david griner for adweek and we will be back soon welcome to elevating the human experience from deloitte digital 
Businesses that focus on human experiences over customer experiences enjoy growth. But what exactly is a human experience, and can you measure it? Amelia Dunlop, head of customer strategy and applied design, Deloitte Digital, shares a methodology she calls the Human Values Compass, a way to understand what matters to us humans and a tool to help brands connect with us on that level. Have you noticed how many organizations are talking about experience these days? Do you think it's a surprise that as our pace of change and technology accelerate around us, that we're all more concerned with what it means for our humanity? At Deloitte Digital, our aspiration is to elevate the human experience. We wanted to find a way to measure what the human experience is. Our team of researchers scoured every brand index, customer index, and promoter score, but found very little that even acknowledges that humans have deeply held values that they bring to their jobs as employees, when they show up as a customer, and when they work together as a partner. That's why we geeked out and we created our own human values compass to be able to measure the values that we each have as humans. We mapped the four cardinal human values on a compass. So north-south is that difference between the known and the unknown. We crave the safety of the known as much as we crave the the, the desire to explore the unknown. And then east-west is the difference between me versus we, where me is about self-expression and we is about belonging to a community. The Human Values Compass helps people and organizations navigate beyond traditional and transactional customer experiences to create the possibility of an experience that connects human to human, starting with what we each value. Want to learn more about elevating the human experience? Visit DeloitteDigital.com slash US slash EHX for more insight. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.